A very good morning to you. And now on RTHK, it's time for Hashtag Hong Kong with curator Helen Fan, who wrote a book on Hong Kong, Hong Kong's Outdoors Playground. Hello, I am Helen Fan, a curator of a non-profit organization that promotes creativity for social good. I also work on independent art and research projects about the built environment, nature, community and local history. About five years ago, I visited the government's photo library when preparing for a project. I came across some stunning photographs of fearless children climbing on weird, colorful, concrete sculptures of over two meters high. I grew up in the 1980s and 90s, a time when playgrounds were gradually taken over by plastic multiplay equipment. So these images from over 50 years ago really blew my mind. After some research, I learned that this was Shackley Playground, designed between 1968 and 1969 by an American artist called Paul Selinger. It was the first sculpture playground in the city or even Southeast Asia. Endless questions popped up in my head. What happened to this wonderful play space? And what happened between this and the uninspiring ones that we see today? That's how I started a five-year investigation on the historical development of Hong Kong's playgrounds. Although Shackley Playground was so groundbreaking, I couldn't find much information or discussion about it on the internet. Even the Leisure and Cultural Services Department and the Architectural Services Department did not have any information about its original design or when and why it was redeveloped. Sadly, Shackley is not the only case which went into oblivion without proper official documentation. I think perhaps this reflects the government's underlying notion of playgrounds as functional facilities which can be replaced any time with little consideration of the original design intent. The lack of public awareness for the importance of playgrounds and the conservation is another culprit for the problem. The earliest children's play spaces of Hong Kong were built in the late 1920s and early 30s in response to a call for safe environments for children to play. It was a time when the city struggled with poor economy and child labor was common. Many children loitered around and sometimes committed petty crimes. Playgrounds in this period were therefore also means to prevent juvenile crimes. The drastic population growth in the last century had led to an increasing demand for children's play facilities. Audience who grew up in older housing estates in the 1960s and 70s would probably remember the good times they had in simple playgrounds equipped with metal jungle gyms and slides installed on concrete floors without any safety mats. These facilities were rather primitive by today's standard, but they helped children to challenge themselves and develop social skills. More sophisticated playgrounds emerged in the 60s to 80s, showing influences by abstract art and modernist architecture. 
I consider this phenomenon part of the global modernist playground movement, which peaked in the 1960s, during which many designers advocated the use of abstract forms to encourage creative play. Shackley Playground was one such example. I love the designs from this period as they were artistic and tailor-made for specific sites. They also functioned as distinctive social spaces in their neighborhoods. By contrast, more recent playgrounds from the 80s to the millennium are often criticized for the generic and unimaginative designs and the overuse of proprietary equipment ordered from catalogs. Every time I present my research project, people will tell me how much they miss the old playgrounds and how bad the new ones are. As much as I like the old designs, I don't entirely agree with their view. Starting with the opening of the inclusive playground in Toon Moon Park in 2018 and some other innovative projects in the past few years, I believe that the game is changing thanks to the effort of many passionate individuals and organizations. No matter whether you are a professional or non-professional, a parent or a child, I suggest that we can all play a part in this by reading and learning more about the topic of play environments and expressing our views. Lastly, I will end this letter with the song Om by Yola Tango. The word ohm is a measuring unit of electrical resistance. It is also the sound of a sacred symbol in Hinduism that represents the beginning, preservation and dissolution of the universe. In this challenging time, I hope we can all embrace changes but remain steadfast in our pursuits. <laughs> 